and welcome back to Protein Ramblings. It's Nero. It's Naomi. Good evening. It's Mark. It's a Dungeons and Dragons ride. <laughs> it is indeed. Welcome back on board the Dungeons and Dragons ride. And oh, howdy, do we have a ride for you today? These guys were seriously into Star Wars in the biggest yeah. way. There's like, I, I'm not sure whether I enjoyed any of these episodes. I enjoyed the last one. I definitely enjoyed the last one. I just, I liked Eric getting a bit of Eric time. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I remember that one from my childhood mm, as well. Actually, the, um, the first one, the first one as we'll come to, uh, is pro- got some problematic elements to it. Like the, one of my notes in here is just one line that says "Eric racist" in block capitals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I didn't. I didn't think he was worried because racism. I thought he was worried because pedophilia. No, 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 no. Well, I mean that he, he did give me proper creepy vibes. But no, there's just the point where he's Eric's talking his name. He's going like Ramadan, Ramadan. I'm like, oh, oh dear, yeah. this is bad. Yeah, <laughs> this, this, that's this, true. That is true. This is problematic in yeah, the very. For some reason, I didn't know that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I double talk. I, I, I double talk. The second one, it could be really good if it wasn't for Care Bears. And the third one, I think, was is the standout of the three. But yeah, for sure. We shall come to this as we commence with episode 16 city at the edge of midnight or as i call it city at the edge of arabian night (laughs) (laughs) i see what you did there (laughs) so we open on a clock ticking towards midnight or noon i guess it was impossible to tell that moment just an ordinary human clock city at the edge of noon (laughs) it doesn't have the same (laughs) gravitas does it (laughs) and we we pull out to see we're in a kid's bedroom just like a regular Earth kids with action figures and posters on the wall. I'm a regular, yeah, I pull out, regular I, Earth. Kid. I often find myself in kids' bedroom when I pull out. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Are they regular Earth kids? <laughs> irregular Earth kids. I am the monster that lurks under their bed. <laughs> and we uh, we see this kid sleeping. He's rolling around in bed, and his foot touches the floor, and the floor then starts to glow red, which wakes him up. And he starts calling for his dad as this unseen force is pulling him under the bed. His dad rushes in, grabs hold of his arms. He's trying to pull him out, but it, it's no use. He's gone. Dad flips the bed. It's no use. Jimmy is gone. It's it's harrowing. It the actually animation. is. Yeah. And, and the, like, because the, the kid's open. screaming, the dad's screaming, and then a police car shows up. Yeah, the kid, the dad is like, Jimmy! Jimmy. Like, no, I've lost my child. Yeah, and we we don't see a police car pull up outside the house, but we immediately then cut to the party. So I don't know if they came because they heard him screaming or if they just happened to be in the neighborhood. We'll never know. The party are lost in a desert. Apparently, this is Eric's fault. Uh, You know, Presto's kind of giving it the old, oh, I'm dying of thirst, oh my God. And Eric's kind of repeating, like, he knows he messed up, but he's figured out his mistake. And just as he's kind of explaining which way they need to go, Dungeon Master shows up. And I love Sheila... it. He like points, he like yeah. points in a direction <laughs> and then Dungeon Master's at the end of his finger. <laughs> uh, I just, I really had to make a note of Sheila's line because it, like the first thing she says to him is, Dungeon Master, we're lost again. <laughs> it's like, yes, this is all that happens to these kids. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah. wander aimlessly until Dungeon Master shows up and is like, oh, go east. Yep. Sheila, in stark contrast to her video game counterpart in the series, is such a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is the best video game in the video game, video game character. She's the most OP. She can deal I with the I definitely rage. recommend the video. I played a it's bunch great, of it isn't <laughs> after the last episode. It's so much fun. So uh, Dungeon Master tells the party that they will find both safety and danger ahead. He tells them to go and find the city at the edge of midnight. And when they ask questions, which I think is fair, he says, you will find your way or your way will find you. Time is on your side, but heed this warning. There are others who are more lost than you shall ever be. And he says that there are children from all worlds, including their own. 
I don't understand how anyone can be more lost than lost. Once you're lost, I don't think you can become <laughs> the wrong more home, lost. The I, wrong it's like there's not degrees. Is, is our our breakdown of the concept <laughs> the of being lost and what there are is not, lost. There are not degrees of lost. Well, actually, I don't we know. Maybe, there, maybe there are degrees. <laughs> maybe there are degrees of lost. Because would you argue that if you get lost in, say you're in a new city, uh, it, like you're from Cambridge, whatever, in the UK, and you go to Newcastle and get lost, you're lost, but you're, you know you're still in the UK, right? Yeah. But if you go to Brazil and get lost, is that more, being lost in Brazil, a foreign country, is that more no, lost than like, being lost in your home country? <laughs> no, because reverse that and think, can you be further from found? Mm. Yeah. And you can't yeah. be further from found, therefore you can't, can't be, be more, more lost, lost than lost. Than lost yeah. lost yeah. is just lost. So it I think this is Dungeon Master <laughs> fucking with them a bit and distracting them from the fact that he could easily send them home himself by being like, oh no, there are kids who are in worse lostness than you are. Their lostness is more important than yours. Go find them. Yeah, and, and we get yeah. this like super confirmed, by the way, yeah. in later yeah. episodes. <laughs> he then disappears in a swirl of sparkling wind and the party immediately start teasing Eric again about getting them lost. So he storms yeah. <laughs> off, trips, rolls downhill and hits a tree and he's found an oasis. But of course he thinks it's a mirage. So you see Diana and Bobby kind of frolicking in the water uh, while he's yelling at them that they're crazy and they need to get out of there because it's not real. So... My my entire note for this entire scene, other than crazy fucking Birdman things, is just what <laughs> is going on, Eric. The next few scenes, Eric is just running around like he's slightly unsure of his own sanity. He still <laughs> thinks it's a mirage, but yeah, they're, they're yeah. treating it like it's not. And he's just like, what is going on? Why? Like, just it it, it made me laugh so much. <laughs> So as Diana and Bobby frolic, uh, yes, a monster appears, a birdman. Beak. They are hook horrors, yeah. they are. I think. <laughs> they have like beaks for hands. what they're called in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. really? They're called monster yeah, horrors. Hook horrors. Hook horrors. And we, in fact, we get multiple birdman monsters and the party are very quickly surrounded. Hank the tries birdman to family. hold them at bay. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Birdman tries to hold them at bay with his arrows. But then this, uh, what I can only describe as a Sinbad XB crashes onto the scene on Elephant Bag. Yeah, I've described him as Sean Connery in a turban. <laughs> Basically. Because <laughs> of the co cultural appropriation. Yeah, angle yeah. This is the whitest guy. He is very white. Yeah, there is... He's a very... Sean Connery's been Russian, he's been Spanish, now he's been yes. Arabic. Yeah. Uh, yes, and it's a it, very it's like kind Lawrence of... like of Arabia. Yeah, very yeah. fantasy Arabian desert costume, isn't it? With the yeah. turban and the scimitar, but he is super white. He, I, 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 Prince of Persia. <laughs> I was like, is this is cultural this appropriation or is this incorrect use of palette color yeah, from the yeah. animators? It's hard to say. <laughs> and he should actually be Middle Eastern. <laughs> he, maybe, he he's, maybe he's been whitewashing a reissue post 9-11, the post 9-11 Dungeons and Dragons. Nope, we don't have that skin shade in this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he yells a lot and he asks the party to fight the monsters with him. Uh, of course, Bobby is very enthusiastic. My note here is Hank fucking MacGuffin. Which, which yes. is a he's a MacGuffin note. in quite a few. Mm, yeah, he's a recurring really note throughout yeah. this. Uh, so the party all charge except Eric. I, I would like to point out that you missed you missed how how Sinbad arrives on, on a fucking back. warrior. No, it's not. It's a warrier <laughs> mammoth. Oh, sorry, on warrior it's like mammoth. An elephant walrus combo. Oh no, walrus. mammoth. It's, got it's up very teeth. prehistoric it's looking mammoth. BC, mammoth. isn't it? Yeah. 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 So yeah, they all charge except Eric, who I think still thinks they're. In a mirage. <laughs> like, yeah, and Eric's like, who are you as well? Now, yeah, he's the on only person who's just yeah. like, what the fuck is going That's on? That's what I mean. The entire time, America's just like, what the fuck? Who are you? What is this? What is this? No. Ah. Mm -hmm. So they, they pretty quickly then route the Birdman. Um, I can just hear you punching the microphone. I know, I'm trying not to. It's just because I'm talking with my hands and my phone keeps hitting the, the thing. <laughs> like, You're excited about that. <laughs> I am really battle. excited. 
they were out the Birdman. Mm. Uh, at this point, Sinbad is, is getting a bit creepy with them. He's calling them like hot stuff. And he's got his arm around Sheila. And he's very like, my family, my kids. You kids yeah. are what they call hot, hot stuff. stuff. It cuts to a scene where he's got his arm around Sheila and Hank is like on his knee. Yeah. yeah. Like facing him like he's proposing. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, like it's a poster weird. Shot. It's so weird. I, also, I expected this guy to be the villain. Me too. Same. Up until really close to the end yeah, as well. So I was still for the thinking he was the villain. We do need to address how he went on to attack the Birdman yes. with his sword. His, his, his tuning fork. Sword. Yes, I was just about to get to this because Eric gets cornered, but Sinbad rushes in to save him with, with sword magic. But it is... But before we started recording, we were talking about the uh, David Lynch Tune movie and the weirding guns. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's the weirding sword. It's the weirding sword. It just yeah. Yeah, he smashes his sword against a bit of stone. Makes sound and waves. And, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a tuning fork. It's yeah. a tuning sword. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he. I wonder if he's got other swords that he uses that to tune. Different effects. <laughs> it would be the most metal way to tune a guitar ever. It's <laughs> <laughs> like before Iron Maiden go on stage. Boom. <laughs> so they drive away the, off, the Birdman. They drive them into a cave and collapse it, basically, I think. Yes. yes. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, they route some Falling of them. Falling stone. They, yeah, so they cool. route yeah. some of them and just run off. They yeah. Some of them get trapped inside the cave. Yeah, just general routing. routing the yeah. yeah. Uh, Sinbad then introduced himself as Ramut. He is a caravan merchant. And this is the Oasis of No Return. A cursed oasis appears once a year to trap the unwary. So Eric was right to be suspicious. He just was right for the wrong reasons. Mm. And he says that the Birdman monsters were people who spent the night there. He asked the party to join his caravan. Eric doesn't trust him, which I think is fair. He's being very overbearing. He's very touchy with Sheila. It's weird. But they head off anyway. They head off on elephant back. Yeah. And we then cut to a kind of pavilion-style tent, and they're inside having a mighty feast. I mean, it, it's somewhat explained. A bit in a bit, but he is very. He keeps calling him son and daughter. Yeah, he calls yeah. him my child. Yeah, well, yeah. I, he's he's very into Sheila. He says her voice reminds him of his daughter. I th- um, and I, Eric asks where his daughter is, and he gets a bit like. When we get the reveal at the end about who Ramud actually is, I thought that was going to be the explanation explanation for why he calls them all sons and daughters because everybody is like, yeah. his, you know, his children, his people, kind of thing. Um, no. So I thought that so was where it's going. But I it's think that nice. was meant to be the implication, but it no, wasn't. Well, I, well, yeah. we'll talk about it when we get yeah, there. Yeah. So yeah, Eric asks where his daughter is, and Ramud gets a bit kind of not touchy, but a little bit withdrawn. He says that she's not there anymore. Uh, she just—he specifically says she disappeared from his palace. Nobody mm. picks up on that, <laughs> but he definitely says palace. Yeah. And the party were all like, "Oh, well, we'll help you look for her. Where, where should we start?" And he says, "No, I, I know where she is, but I can't get to her. It's a long story. Don't ask. You're my I, kids now." Yeah, he's like, I can't get to her right now. Did anyone, no one else get the vibe that he's just trying to tell them that she's dead without saying no, the word No, I thought it was more yeah, kind of It sounded of like a trap as well. Yeah. More, more kind of like, thing to say. oh, you don't, don't worry about that. Well, You're my kids now. I, I just thought it was like, you yeah. know, like when people, oh, he has gone where I cannot follow kind of <laughs> yes. thing. That's like, yeah. it's just like, oh no, she's dead, but I'm not, it's a kid's <laughs> cartoon, so I'm not going to say the word dead. Yeah. Anyway, I, I thought he it's was so cultist. Super yeah. He's a cultist, yeah. basically. He's the mad Arab Al Hazard. Al Al Hazard. <laughs> of the Necronomicon fame. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, at this point, I thought he was super sus. The way he was just like, don't ask, you're my kids now. We're a family. Yep. Go to bed. Um, and then we, we, we then just cut to a close up of a, of a clock. Again, a weird looking we should, clock. B- a clock before, that requires no, no. you to blow part of it out. Before, can, we, can we rewind? There's a couple of things. So, first off, when he, he invites them to join his caravan before they get to this meal, and they set off on the back of these. Uh, these mammoth 
type elephant things and Eric can't get his going and he's like, Ramud, Ramud, how do I get this doing? And he's like, oh, it's, I can't roll my R's. But he's, he's, it's this word that requires rolling of R's and, uh, and this is a running joke that Eric can't roll his R's so he can't get this thing going. And this is also where Eric's like, who is this Ramun, Ramalam, Ramanaba, Ding Dong kind of like racist with his name, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit like teeth sucking. And, yeah. yeah. And also when we come to the going to bed time, once again, it's Hank that is like, oh, come on, everybody. <laughs> yes, I've got another bedtime. <laughs> Hank sends everyone to bed. Yeah, so we have a close-up. Of- In every single one of these episodes, I think he sends everyone to bed. I don't know if I, just, if I just misunderstood what I was watching, but it looked to me like Hank blew something out in Candle. the clock. So it's a clock, but there's a candle inside. No, I think it like there's a candle in front. There was just like, right. there were just candles. And I think he blew out a candle that was in front of the clock. But, I, mean, I think it was just a weird perspective thing. In any case, Hank sends everyone to bed. And they all discuss how they want to stay with Ramud. And Eric is like, he's much better dad than my dad ever was. Yeah. <laughs> that I, was I, kind of sad. That's touching. We yeah. got a little glimpse of like, Eric's this, he's rich and wealthy, but has not he's, you know, your typical wealthy kid parents are detached. Yeah. They don't really care for him. Yeah. Exactly. He probably is closer to his maid. Yeah. And all his friends dicks <sighs> to him. Yeah. yeah. Ramud gives Sheila a doll that belonged to his daughter. Weird. It's, it's fucking it's a, ho- it's a horror doll. doll. Yeah. yeah, it's a horror doll. <laughs> yeah. With a little bell on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh. So we can keep track of where she is, right? <laughs> yeah. And we see that midnight is approaching. Uni is growing restless and a red glow envelops the party. And we see Bobby sucked into this glowing red pit while Sheila clings to him. And Hank, for some fucking reason, is firing arrows into the pit. I don't know if you could <laughs> yeah. see something before the rest well, of us did. He's like dimension, that's what he's dimensional doing. door. Well, fire arrows. He fires the arrows in and immediately like fire just Yes, squirt, it like... causes explosions. <laughs> and then this demonic beast rises up from the pit. And we see Ramud rush into fight, but the creature disappears with Bobby. Pretty quickly, actually. It doesn't really waste yeah, any time. Fire it's just like, stuff. nah, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ramu tells him that Bobby has been taken to the city at the edge of midnight, like his daughter, and the creature is called the Nightwalker. I couldn't be asked to write the city at the edge of uh, edge of midnight every time, so I just said uh, Ramu says Bobby has been taken to the title. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what I noted here is that Eric is the first one to be like, "Let's fucking go get him." Like yeah. Eric is the first yeah. one to be like, "We're going after Bobby." He's yeah. right up there. It's a really like weirdly done moment, yeah. actually, mm. little feature because like. He's very dynamic. He's like scraping at the floor, being like, "Where's Bobby?" And then, and then all of this stuff happens, right? Like, so what like, happens next? Just I, I wrote it down as best I could. I don't think I can do it justice. But basically, they do a ritual. So Presto, they don't discuss this. They just start doing it. Presto yeah, like conjures like a stream doors. of sparkles. Uh, Ramud presses the blade of his scimitar against Diana's staff, and this creates a magic sound wave, I guess. And then Hank fires arrows because that's all he's got, and somehow <laughs> this all just reopens the pit. But like, I'm sure Hank's arrows turned to keys and unlocked a magic door because yeah. he's just a fucking MacGuffin. I love how it opens the dimensional door that just earlier Hank was shooting arrows into, lava's coming up. As yeah. soon as it opens this time, they're all in. Yes, they yeah. just immediately they jump, jump in. in. They jump in and they end up in a very gothic-looking medieval town. We get a, um, uh, what I put here is Kansas City jokes. Yes. <laughs> we <laughs> we not Kansas they're anymore. In, but they're in like Eastern Europe. It's, like, it kind of yeah. reminded me of Bloodborne. Uh, it reminded me of yeah. Resident Evil 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So generic yeah. Eastern European yeah. country. Yeah, it is very blood. It is very blood Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Except there are demon dinosaurs. Yes, there around. are all these things like lurking in the shadows. So my immediate note: I thought this. Was I thought they were going to be the kids. kids. Yeah, the, I thought the, the monsters. Yeah. Yeah. One of them even had skin that looked yeah. a bit like it was a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, what well. happened? No, no, um, it's just child labor. You see, at first, just one or two of these <laughs> creatures slinking around in the shadows, and yeah, more slavery of small people. I thought they were going to turn out to be the kids. 
But then suddenly <laughs> these creatures just arrive en masse. It's like a horde of these little dinosaur dragony things. And they chase the party down an alley where they get trapped. The logic is, oh, they've set the dwarves free. They set the gnomes free. What's like a dwarf and a gnome? A child. <laughs> it's the best of no worlds. So Ramud is ready to fight, but Sheila stops him. And kind of out of nowhere, it's just like, oh no, these creatures might take us to Bobby and Aisha. Yep. And he's like, yes, you're very wise and excellent, my child. Hurrah. And we then jump cut to the monsters just casually escorting the party to a huge wooden door with no explanation. There so, is um, a, a panning shot of the, the clock tower and it trying yeah. to tick yeah, to yeah, midnight yeah. You see and that not a while. happening. That's a, a recurring motif. So I, I kind of got annoyed at this jump cut because you don't know if like they politely asked the monsters to take them somewhere or if they their plan was to get caught. And obviously their plan was to get caught. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there was an ad break moment or something, but Probably. I felt like we lost something. And we go inside this, what tra- transpires to be a huge clock tower. And we see kids performing manual labor. We've got giant cogs and clockwork and weights and pendulums. It's all they're really good for. Yeah. It's the I'm, most Victorian <laughs> clock tower ever. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes, yeah. The Nightwalker appears and he tells them that the children are holding back the wheels of time, keeping time frozen so it can never strike midnight. And Ramu asks Way to Way to just mansplain yeah. and just yeah. give away your entire... <laughs> Welcome like, to my tower where I hold yeah, back man. midnight for unknown reasons. <laughs> it's just what own, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Ramud asks where Bobby and Aisha are, and Nightwalker says they're in the tower and the party will join them, so Hank fires arrows. Yep. The monsters descend on them and they have to make a run for it. Yeah, so Eric, what I noted here is Eric shields them as the Nightwalker is like fire-breathing at them mm. and the team Basil, the great mouse detective, their way out. Yes, they, they jump on a piece of clockwork. I guess, was it was like a weight, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, like a counterweight. A, a yeah. huge counterweight. Yeah, they jump on this to escape and Eric is kind of deflecting the Nightwalker's attack as they get on there. It totally reminded me of that, the, you know, the Rattigan chase scene at the end of Basil, the great mouse detective where they're in Big Ben and there's yeah. Basil and Rattigan. And yeah. yeah, that's that's all I, I was just getting vibes of that from <laughs> this. Which is a film that we should rewatch at some point because <laughs> yeah, it's like definitely. my favorite Disney film. <laughs> and what we see is a rope holding the counterweight in place kind of breaks and the weight shoots up into the clock tower. And Hank at this point is like, we need to make the clock strike midnight. So they leap off onto a side platform catwalk type thing and the weight smashes into the roof and, and we just see Bobby is there. Bobby's yep. there. He's fine. We have a reunion. He's he, very happy to see Sheila. He really, well, I mean, it's his sister, right? Yeah, I like, know, but like young boys are not supposed to like their big sisters that much. Yeah, right? but I feel there's probably some trauma bonding that's gone on. Probably, yeah. yeah. Children um, who've been in slavery for a bit probably love seeing relatives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or anyone who isn't their slave master. True. So Ramud asks about Aisha and Bobby says he hasn't met her. We have monsters surging up a tower stairs. Well, at which point Ramud just starts shouting yeah. Aisha. <laughs> well, I mean, why not? Yeah. <laughs> she, probably, she probably is there somewhere. <laughs> uh, the party is trying to get the clock running and they actually achieve this and the clock does strike midnight and we see at first the night walker becomes wreathed in sparkling red light and he's clearly hurting and then we see children start to, he did <laughs> but pained pained and fabulous uh, children begin to vanish they're the assumption being that they're returning home. Then the night walker vanishes. Nobody seems to really care where he's gone or why. <laughs> Nobody has there's any further questions. Where, there's a moment where two young girls like hug each other yeah, before as they, they disappear. Like they've had some slavery bonding yeah. going on. <laughs> Will the night walker just be back in like thirteen out thirteen or fourteen hours? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Potentially, we don't. Yeah, this is the thing. We don't know anything about the night walker by the end of this episode. Uh, we know he doesn't want to no. be midnight because obviously it affects him negatively. But we don't know why or no. anything. They need. They need to digitize their clocks basically to stop this <laughs> manual stoppage of time happening we then see jimmy from the beginning of the episode <laughs> and sheila calls out to him she calls him by name 
And he thinks he's dreaming. He's, you know, he's very much like, what are you all doing in my dream? I fucking hated this. I did. And the, the party are all like, Jimmy, you know, when you wake up, when you when you wake up, call our parents, tell them that we're trapped. We're trying to get home. We'll be home as soon as we can. And he's just like, fuck you guys. I know what this it's, is. It's still Sunday. It's Sunday night. I should have gone to the amusement park with you, but I couldn't Last, go. like this night. Yeah. yeah. So, so no time has passed two in the years, real world. Two yeah. years. Exactly. Two After, years of in-game time. Well, exactly. does, that mean, does that mean that when they get back to the, the real world, they're all, all of aged... Ha- well, not the... Well, no, because they don't look much older, do they? There's but no we know that Bobby has had at least one birthday there. Like, is that, yeah. does that count? Mentally, though, they'll, <laughs> mentally, they'll be so much older. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Imagine so, what they'd be like, actually, they got back you in the real world, though. Could you, it would be like coming home from Vietnam, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you would exactly. adjust. Like, nine-year-old, eight-year-old Bobby with a thousand-year-old stare in fucking massive <laughs> so much life experience. Yeah. So Jimmy vanishes. He goes out kind of mocking Presto over his cheap they all just tricks? go back and, like, start killing small animals and, you know... <laughs> 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 training, training and stuff. Hank yeah. would just become an archer. Yeah. Yeah. Would, you, would you pick up the, the bow again? Mm-hmm. And then the party themselves begin to vanish and they are transported back to Ramud's tent. And Dungeon Master is there, and he greets Ramud as uh, as a king. He basically calls him your majesty. Mm-hmm. And Ramud immediately asks about Aisha, and she comes running out of his tent. Aisha's voice acting. Very stiff. The most wooden. Very wooden. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's very much Thank like... Thank God they all gave her one line. The party asks Dungeon Master about Ramud and say, why did you call him a king? And Dungeon Master says, he's actually, he's a king he, of kings. He's Xerxes. Even up to this point, I was like, he's evil. There's something else going on here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dungeon Master likes him, probably. I think one of them, is it Sheila? Somebody asked why Ramud calls them his children. And Dungeon Master is like, well, that's, you know, about a choice you you could make now. But then we immediately cut to the party just packing up to leave. So, I mean, I guess the implication was like, if you stay with Ramud, he will treat you as family because he's... A, a good person well, and I, also I, he's a king therefore his subjects are his people his family etc that was yeah. my yeah I, I like so I, I like you say I, I immediately thought that yeah okay he's calling them his children because all his subjects are his children but then the way the way Dungeon Master phrased it it was like oh no he will, he will adopt, adopt you. you. Yeah, he will be yeah. your dad. Yeah. Yeah, but obviously... And he, and <laughs> he will be your dad and he will not come to your bedroom at 1am. Honest. <laughs> but obviously they decide to leave. We see Aisha giving Sheila her doll and being like, this is for you to keep. And they're Eric packing jokes. up. They've got mammoths. We, uh, we Eric can't on, ride his mammoth. Yeah, we end on yeah. the same Eric jokes as Eric can't ride his mammoth and uh, can't roll his arse. And Which is not something to take the piss out of. I can't roll my arms. No, it's shit. not like it's a, a really important life skill. <laughs> if I was if I was Hispanic, I'd be fucked. But if you're Hispanic, you might do it naturally because you're just around other people who are also doing it all your yeah. life. Mm. You babble the noises. I think that's yeah. how you learn. Yeah. So that that was that was an episode. Yep. Yeah. And he does he he likes saying alley oops. He does say alley oops mm. a lot. Every as, time. Shall we as you say alley oops? Yeah, alley oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just tosses them up. <laughs> Yeah, it's all right. It wasn't. It was fine. Terrible, but it, yeah. the cultural pro- appropriation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, very, like, very the 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 whitest Arabic people outside of David Lynch's June. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it had such a strong start as well. It really like, did. Super dark. That opening start. was yeah. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like the Nightwalker was just not a very fleshed out villain. No, he just no. doesn't want it to be midnight. <laughs> yeah, mm. and, and he wants to walk the night all night long. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Well, yeah, we get on to episode 17, The Traitor, which it, it's oversold itself. Yeah, I completely. Think, quite a lot. <laughs> Can I just say? Uh, unless you think he was a traitor. This to episode could have been solved by one fucking simple conversation among friends. Yeah, that's kind I'm just of the point. Say, white, white cis male in the 90s <laughs> is the exact reason why that didn't happen. 
Yes, it is. This is just the story of a boy who's afraid to talk out his problems out loud, basically. Or feelings, you know. Yeah. So we All open, we can do is tell people to so go to bed. Do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ironically, we actually open yeah. on a dark, stormy night. And uh, Eric and Bobby are trying to light a torch, but it's quickly extinguished by this kind of the wind that's, that's galing through. They speak about that the dungeon master has told them that he would meet them on the other side of, I think it was the, the moon, moon forest, forest yeah. that they're in. Very nice. Um, it's pretty cool. Though. Everything's in like a blue scale color yeah, scheme. It's like the opening shot of like Eric and Presto trying to light this thing because their faces are all in shade and it's a really cool looking mm -hmm. shot. Yeah, they're sparking the, yeah. the light and it sparks their face. A lot of animation work. Yeah, it was really, it was really cool opening scene. Definitely dramatic and pulled you in. And this is and where straight back one, out of with Hank's, one of Hank's many MacGuffins of the episode starts. He just kind of fires an arrow up into the sky as like a flare to light them up while they kind of... I thought at first it was to let Dungeon Master where they were going to go. So did be. I. Because Hank said, like, we've got to push on and get a little bit further to meet Dungeon Master. And the party are like, no, we need to rest and sleep and stuff. So in the end, they use the light to make camp. Mm. And Presto tries, like, an actual <laughs> spell. Yeah. I can't. I didn't actually write down the lyrics, but he actually said something that he rhymed completed a full rhyming yeah. couplet. Yeah. And he summons up something to keep them warm, and it's an electric blanket. Presto <laughs> would have been the shittest visionary. <laughs> He never finishes his couplets. I tell you what, his hat is better than any of the staffs, though. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's no. It's, it's practically useful every time. Yeah, granted, but I mean, I'd rather have the decay or the power. Like, okay, say, not all power the staffs. Yeah. It's better than the fucking wisdom. Yeah, app. that's such a low and, bar. And disco, disco. It's it's yeah. only it's better, better than, than the abilities of the female visionaries because yeah. he gets to use yes. it every episode. So I would true. say it's better than the power staffs of all the, the spectral knights, and it the only two power staffs that could potentially beat it out are Crave, uh, not Cravex, sorry, Sindar and Darkstorm. Ah, mm. uh, Witterquicks is good. Who um, <laughs> Witterquicks him? <laughs> <do you> like <laughs> so anyway, I mean, an electric blanket. It's not a hundred percent useless. Like there's no, no it's still a blanket. It's still a thick woolen blanket. Yeah, completely. Anything. So. Um, Presto gets under it and Eric kind of snuggles up to him basically <laughs> and Hank's arrow like fades away basically summoning bedtime I guess yeah. <laughs> metaphorically it's quite speaking. a romantic end at one to that point scene. he does tell them all to bed down yeah he just loves it I don't know what mm. it's like controlling mm. he's that boyfriend my next note after the 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 flare arrow dies down is just the moon <laughs> yes <laughs> an ominous shot of the moon that happens and then you get this kind of cut to like these moving mists through the forest Hank looks like he's actually fallen asleep on watch mm -hmm. he's like sort of in a seated position and he gets woken up by a bit of a sound super creepy moment but it's just the dungeon master yeah and he's like things have changed and I think he says something along the lines of your friends will face great jeopardy but you will face the most difficult trial of your life yeah <laughs> so like setting setting a high bar and he's like be strong and listen to your heart it, it's turning into an 80s love battle yeah. at this point basically listen to your heart <laughs> kind of thing like if we take this into the context later of the episode the most difficult trial of his life is fucking talking to someone I know exactly which legit I think is a serious problem for teenage boys for sure yeah so Eric and Presto are kind of like snoring up a dream and this this couple of Ewok Care Bear these are knockoff Care Bears that live in an they Ewok really city are. they've got little red gemstones <laughs> and medallions and they dress a bit like the gummy bears yes. as well actually yes, yes they do so they've got a little a waist crossover. jacket type thing so it, it's basically if you took Ewoks like the 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 hometown terrain of Ewoks, 
the yes. concepts of Care Bears, but the visual stylings of the uh, gummy bears, of the gummy and bears, smashed yeah. it all together. You got what we later find out are called the fucking cloud bears. I had a really weird exactly. moment when the cloud bears appeared because do, do either of you remember the poor poor bears? No, no. no. Okay, no. so. Uh, I think I must have, part of me always thought that I just imagined the poor poor bears because nobody else ever remembered them, but they did have one season and they were like Native American Ewoks, basically. It was a little (laughs) bit worrying. There's a reason there was only one season. But when I saw the cloud bears today, I was like, are they what I thought was the poor poor bears? And did I just make up an entire series based off this? Were the poor poor bears also thieving bastards? Because (laughs) the cloud bears, like they're basically trying to steal Eric's shield out of his hand. (laughs) I'm going to look them up because I can't, all I can remember is that the poor poor bears were a thing and it was very kind of like, what if Ewoks but Native American? We'll stick a picture. We'll we'll have to do a side by side picture or something in in the show notes or something. Yeah, I'll put put pictures of every, all all, all all cartoon cartoon bears. bears. Winnie the Pooh, yeah, fucking they're all represented here. the fusion, yeah, the fusion mix. So yeah, they're doing a bit of thieving basically. So they get Eric's shield off of his sleeping hands. One of them takes Bobby's club. Sorry, two take Eric's shield, and then basically they kind of back into each other and crash and drop the weapons and mm. make a noise. So everybody wakes up and it's all kind of battle stations. Just, <laughs> what I liked is just as Hank is about to pull an arrow, one of the cloud bears steals the the bow from his hand yeah. <laughs> and runs so away. The bit that really stood out to me in this like melee where they're trying to get their voices. Presto's face is a fucking horror show at one point. He's like <laughs> yeah. trying to cover one of the cloud bears with his hat and it, like his face is all contorted and distorted and he looks like fucking nightmare fuel. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's it like, it, like I looked up at the screen that's from taking notes just as that, that came into show. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So there's kind of a brief chase and like I say, it kind of climaxes with um, Presto catching, capturing one of the hat and at this point you actually hear the cloud bears talk and it is that kind of like Oh no, we're gonna be vulnerable. That's a very good approximation, actually. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's all really broken English. Like they don't use. Yes, apart from the the king who is British, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they've kind of rounded up the the bears and got their weapons back, and Eric starts interrogating one of them, um, and they basically say like, "Oh, we're just defending ourselves." Um, and they ask to be set free. They they basically start to they they introduce themselves as Claire Be- Care Bears, Cla- Cla- Cloud Bears, Cloud Bears, yeah, Cloud Bears. Um, and they're basically saying that they're stealing the weapons preemptively so they don't get attacked. Mm-hmm. And they start describing green faces with like piggy noses, that, and they describe an orc soldier basically <laughs> saying they're the people that've been attacking them. And there's a moment where. Presto can't quite figure out what they're trying to describe and he he's mulling it over detective style like pacing back and forth yeah. and he just walks straight into a orc soldier because he's, he's saying to himself like, oh, I know what this is it's coming it's coming it's yeah. coming and then he walks it's like into dictionary the, or something he walks into the, the orc soldier is like it's here <laughs> that's it and it's just mad scramble basically yeah. like everyone base, I think it's a bit of a retreat really mm-hmm. yeah so the party were kind of legging it in different directions, but and one of the orcs captures Bobby. Mm-hmm. He actually punches the club out of Bobby's hand yeah. and then just fireman's <laughs> like, lifts him and, and what, starts walking Given off. what we've seen that club do, surely that's just his hand shattered, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it, you've rolled some big dice, you know, you yeah. don't know what happens. So Hank runs in to help, but he is also like de-weaponed and carried off. Sorry, actually, no, Hank keeps his weapon, yeah. sorry, but the club is passed like a rugby ball or American football between like some of the party and then the bear. 
And essentially, it's all quite frantic and all happening at the same time. At one time, all the party are running to the tree and starting to climb up. But Sheila is there and she turns invisible immediately after shouting that she'd catch up with everybody. So it's made clear that she's going with Hank and Bobby who have been kidnapped while everyone else starts to run towards the tree to climb. So Eric, Presto and Diana stand cornered at the bottom of this tree as the orcs close in and (laughs) a bamboo lift... I guess, descends, you know, like a typical crane yeah. lift, descends with a cloud bear in it. They all kind of pile in and an elevator <laughs> bell dings and they start to go up. <laughs> Eric is like, Hank, yeah. Yeah, he's not quite fully in it, right? So he's all he's hanging over, literally hooked on by one knee. And for some reason, they decide to go back down again and dangle him like bait. <laughs> yeah, like there was no reason for it. I, no, I it's to... an accident, doesn't it? Like Presto's trying to pull him up by his cloak and he slips and there's something happens where one of them kind of jolts into the lift and it oh, makes it plummet uh, again. Okay. Pushing um, it down. And it also dings again then. I, I, see, but, I, my note said that uh, Eric was tied in the tree of woe. Which is, is a wrestling term when they Whoa. get strung up in the uh, in the corner by their legs and they're basically holding themselves up. It's, oh, it's one of my yes. it's one of my the worst conceits in pro wrestling, in my opinion. Yeah, fair. Uh, but yeah, that's called um, the tree of So they haul him back in and they ride the uh, bamboo lift up, and it is fucking ages until they get to the top. It's these trees are like Burj Khalifa, whatever it is. In yeah, Dubai times ten. They're absolutely giant. And the, cl- the the tree houses that the cloud bears live in is look a bit like Endor, but also a bit like a wood version of the Jetsons yeah. homes. <laughs> yeah. Like they're all like spaceships. It's basically Endor, but if more advanced. Yes, it's exactly, like yeah. they, they More round- advanced, but if it was drawn in the 60s. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Endor, but they've kind of like, instead of being a bit ramshack, it's all very precisely engineered. What I love about this is there's there's housing up here for at least a thousand cloud bears, I would say. Oh, we see five. Yeah. We see five at any one time during all times there's only five of them one of which is the um, the king that we mentioned before with a British accent and he <laughs> he welcomes up to the top left I think his name is Kamala but it doesn't really come up much so I'll just refer to him as the king but yeah uh-huh. and he he kind of like introduces himself and they say about what they who they are and everything again and then the building shakes and he whips out a telescope which I quite like and looks down it's like um, a reverse periscope <laughs> is it yeah it's still a is it still a telescope if you're looking at the ground? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a telescope, a, just a, microscope. It, it, a telescope is just something that shows you distance, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's weird because he is pointing height, directly down. But, well, I mean, they're supposed to be in the clouds, like, against the name of yeah. Bear, I guess. Well, they literally are. They're that high. Mm. They lift up ages to get up. <laughs> what they see when they look down, though, is fucking insane. Yeah. The, the orcs are using the world's largest axe. Uh, like... You know, like giant redwood trees. This 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 thing's halved is like ten of those across. Yeah. Like the the orcs are like ants to this axe. Yeah. They've attached various ropes to it, and they're basically pulling it against the tree to chop it down. It, it's phenomenal the scale of this. Like actually, like, I quite I quite like this. I didn't expect the axe to be quite that big. I thought they'd have something else, or they'd be mining it. You yeah. Know I and mean? it's big enough to like chop into a mines. But yeah, it's fucking crazy. And the cloud bears then say they've got no weapons. So despite their Thieving. Maybe it was the first time they did yeah, it first, thieves and weapons. Their first opportunity, yeah. Which didn't go very well. Do you get maybe um, the impression but, that the cloud bears are a bit of a fallen civilization? Like all the, this space for thousands of cloud bears, but we only see a oh, handful yeah. and they've got no they're weapons just of the their genetic own. Genetic mutant freaks. Yeah, exactly. That are left over. Just yeah. The Gregs, yeah. <laughs> Radioactive teddy bears. <laughs> so the cloud bears don't have weapons, but, but what they do have plenty of is fruit and nuts. <laughs> which which they pelt the orcs with, uh, which actually legitimately drives the orcs away. 
like yeah. what, like fruit. I mean, thrown like, from that just, height, it would become quite dangerous. <laughs> like like the stone of a, of a yeah. peach yeah. or something. It just, oh, but yeah, it's mental. So yeah, the orcs are driven away, and we cut over to um, Sheila, who is spying on the orc camp, and she overhears Hank collaborating with one of the orc captains. So he's basically talking about how he's going to make sure that his friends don't have their weapons. Yeah. So and, and he'll give uh, a signal for the orcs to come and attack. And like, Sheila, like, immediately starts crying and just runs away. I, like, I I dislike Sheila a lot in this episode. She thinks so little of Hank. Mm. She's, like, like, we'll come to it in a bit, but she fucking infers that Hank's killed yeah. Bobby. Yeah. I know, exactly. How does she think so little about him so, so quickly? After all the time like, they've spent together, not just in this world, but yeah. presumably in their normal world as well. Yeah. And they've met doppelgangers before. Yeah, yeah like, she, magic is a thing in this world. There are all kinds of explanations beyond... Hank has, in the past five minutes, turned evil. And also, because we find out later why Hank has turned traitor. Yeah. How quickly Venger did all this and set this up before Sheila was there? And like the like the time lapse here was really jarring for me. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought I I'd missed a scene because I, I wasn't paying full attention during this episode. And so <laughs> I saw this scene where he's talking with the ore captain and then thought, I've missed a scene where he talks to Venger. Like I've really just blanked out on something else in the episode that would explain <laughs> yeah. this. Just wasn't spoon feeding it, I guess. <laughs> so, like, we cut back to the tree. The king is looking down, and he's like, "Oh God, send the elevator down. Um, some someone's coming." Um, and it brings it up, and it's Hank. Mm -hmm. uh, he steps out, and he basically says that the orcs have taken Bobby, and he managed to escape without him. But Sheila immediately appears next to him with the cloak down and just accuses him of treachery. Yeah, flat out, she's like, "You're a traitor." Hank and pull, Hank, Hank gaslights her. Yes, I was about to say he pulls like the crazy so well. woman card. And she's like, "No, yeah, no, she's he's hysterical. like you're hysterical. Yeah. We've all been under a bit of strain lately. Yeah, like, you don't know what you're saying. Like, yeah, holy shit, Hank. Like this was the, yeah. this was like the like I, I'm like, okay, you, you don't hate Hank for anything else, but you can hate him for this. That's this fair. whole episode is actually the trials and tribulations of cis white male. Yeah. <laughs> like, it really is. Like, all of this. Like, oh, I'm everyone's gaslighting. And I think I it's also, my, you know, it's, my emotions. it's it's sad that Hank didn't feel he could immediately talk to his trusted companions and friends. Yeah. Like, they're going to dob on him or something. Like, how would Venger know? Although exactly. Shadow Demon is lurking around. So... Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's very true because Shadow Demon is the lurkiest, actually. And he is watching because he does report back to Shadow yeah, uh, to Avenger. Yeah. So the party make what is, I can only describe as the stupidest decision I've ever seen. Like, she mentions that she overheard that Hank had to shoot a signal arrow for the orcs yeah. to attack. So everyone's like, shoot the arrow, Hank. Yeah. It's the only way to know. <laughs> well, they, they so talk he, about he saying... begrudgingly shoots the arrow over the edge and the orcs attack. And yeah. then they're like, aha. <laughs> Because they start talking about needing to have a trial to yes, prove his innocence. Do, yeah. And they're like, well, we, can, we can't have a trial. We don't have the means to have a trial. I'm like, no, you don't. And they're like, okay, so in lieu of a trial, we will do a proof of innocence, shoot the arrow if the orcs attack, then you're guilty and we're fucked. This is how they used to try witches in the Middle Ages, you know. If you drown, you were innocent. But it's even exactly. it's even because it's like it's it, in this scenario, it's like if we drown, then you're innocent, you know. <laughs> I like yeah. So, so the, I love how the orcs come up there because they basically have giant ballista crossbow things yeah. with ropes on them. So they shoot those up and start to climb up the um, the ropes. Um, Sheila goes full like, why, Hank? Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, she's like teary again. I, I now call this episode Everyone Hates Hank. 
<laughs> like, so yeah, the Orkan are coming up. Um, Sheila continues to throw shade on Hank, making him feel even worse than mm. he, he clearly already feels quite bad. And we cut to the cl- cloud bears, like the cult of the cloud circle. bears. Yeah, they're they're like prostrating themselves in prayer, and they're telling a rhyme in in a rhyme as well. So they mention that they're summoning the cloud spirit, like. And Eric jokes about, oh, what's a cloud spirit going to do? Like lightning. Yeah. And, and immediately a storm happens and lightning starts shooting some of the orcs. <laughs> and basically, I guess it becomes too wet for them to climb ropes. So they all like slide down. Yeah. And the storm mysteriously clears up just as quick as it as it arrives. Um, the party continue to call Hank a traitor. <laughs> like, it's, it's Eric especially is very much traitor. Like, in a very somber and traitor, hushed home. Yeah, like, he can't <laughs> believe it and things. Um, like, Presto's I'm, like, You're, my trust has been destructed, betrayed and all this. I will say that the Cloud Bears are saying they have no weapons. I'm like, mate, you have elemental power. Yeah, you can summon <laughs> like, actual god. <laughs> yeah. You can get fucked. This is it. So, yeah, Shadow Demon's been watching this whole time. Um, so he goes off and reports back to Venger. He tells them the orcs have lost and the cloud bears use their glowing charms. And Venger's like, damn it, like the heart stones. So we find Fucking out that the care gemstones bears. are heart stones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's like, this is a power that even I'm powerless against. That's so um, fucking hilarious. And he's like, but the bears don't even know it. He's so annoyed. <laughs> he refers to it as the only element that he is powerless against. So he's like, heart. heart. Is this uh, fucking Captain, Captain Planet? Planet? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Crossover episode, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Oh man, the Dungeoneers versus the Planeteers. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, that's a face off. Yeah. Yeah. That's a face off so, episode. I'm making a note. Mm. I love how Venger is doing, um, he's doing a Kali Ma from uh, yeah. Temple of Doom. He's got Bobby strung up on like a chandelier <laughs> above a glowing pit of doom. It's, it's, it's actually, it's, it's, it's one of those like, torture wheel type things like if you've ever played the Dark Souls games yeah. the wheelie bones guys like the skeleton exactly. wheels Even, it looks a bit like wheels, shit's wheel it? doesn't it like a, a yeah it's shit, a, a pinwheel I think it's called or a cartwheel yeah that's it so yeah and Bobby's strung up over it uh, so we're back I, to I, I do want to note that I, I do have a note after Benja talks about the Hearthstones and everything my, I've just got block capitals they are fucking Care Bears <laughs> like, <that's it. laughs> yeah once you find out about the heart thing it's pretty clear what yeah are. are the writers really that strapped for fucking ideas we've had Jack and the yes. Beanstalk we've had the Care Bears what the fuck is next there'll be more like this you yeah. know like they're all incestuous all these old yeah cartoons. definitely so yeah the Hank is being interrogated even more everyone's like why did you do it why Sheila runs up to him and almost hits him and says something along the lines of like, what if treason isn't the only thing he's guilty of? Because uh, oh, Bobby's not here. Yeah. She's, she's, like you're saying earlier, she's implying that he might have killed Bobby. Like how little does she trust him? It's mad. And again, she just breaks into tears. I, I love that no Presto's one Presto's like, I'll never thought. trust anyone again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that no one's actually even begins to consider the thought of blackmail. Yeah, or any alternative yeah, any, uh, it's, No, no, yeah, of course Hang's a fucking traitor. We all like, dirty, that. Like, look, at, look at his airy but, self. Look at the way he always sends us to say bed. anything, but they don't really give him much of a chance to say <laughs> anything either because they're constantly between them all just not trusting him whatsoever. And they basically walk of shame him to the elevator and send him on his way. But a cloud bear gives him a heartstone as like a, a traditional goodbye gift, yeah. I guess. Wish, wishes him luck. What I really like is when he gets to the bottom of the elevator and yeah. the orcs are just like, uh, no, friends. no friends. <laughs> yeah, no friends. Exactly. So he continues this walk of shame basically down the tree, across the ground. 
Um, and he's like walking through the forest on the way to Jungle uh, Avengers Castle, I guess. And he's like, I'm not a traitor. And Dungeon Master appears and he's like, you are a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, holy shit. He's like, you're a traitor to your own courage and insight. I'm like, fuck what, off. What hyper shit. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is not parenting Dungeon Master. No. Oh, can we just, doing. like, uh, we talked briefly about the ages in the previous episode. Hank is only 16. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's you a lot of that, pressure exactly. to put on someone. <laughs> when you look at what he's, what he's going through, 16 yeah. is fuck all. <laughs> he's not exactly. in a good position for this. It's, it is, yeah, exactly. And so we found out now that, you're right, like we found out effectively that an adult is pressuring him. Yeah. Avenger has warned him not to talk to anybody These or are the like things you have to consider, kids, when you go to pick up those dice <laughs> yeah, play the exactly. devil's game. But even after saying Avengers forced him to do it, Dungeon Master kind of shames him for not fighting Avenger. He's mm. like, well, the other option is to fight. Why didn't you think of that? Yeah, um, it's like, yeah go, go punch Avenger. He's an all-powerful <laughs> demonic wizard. Like, you fight him. I've got it. He's like, Dungeon Master, like, there's an old saying. Dungeon Master is just going, go fight my son, fight my son, fight my son, yeah. kill my son. Why didn't you <laughs> exactly. resort to violence, Hank? So Dungeon Master's old saying is, he who has the answer and doesn't know it is just as lost as he who never knew. No, and then he says, lost the answer is, is as We've close to you <laughs> as the wind. Yeah. Which is like Pocahontas reference. The answer, the bit, the answer is as close to you as the wind never comes up. That is never, that, no. that sentence is complete horseshit from so the start it, to finish. It's on him, I guess. Is, yeah. yeah. God, so Hank reports into Avenger, who continues to threaten Bobby's life, like he yeah. lowers him down a bit and says like, Hank, you've got to be loyal, otherwise this will happen, why did, even like, though you fail. Why didn't Sheila follow Hank all the way? If she'd have followed him a bit longer, she'd have learned what the fuck was going on, right? Exactly. <laughs> so Hank kind of storms off, ordered out by Venger again. And he's like, he looks at the hearthstones like some good luck, luck charm you are, which was never yeah. accepted. And, and he just lobs it over his shoulder into Venger's castle. <laughs> like, like that's the thing people do when they throw things away. Chuck it into someone else's house. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've, <laughs> and, been, and we've it, been through it. It's, it's, it's also the, the, the goodbye or greeting, just throw a necklace, carrying on yeah. from the Terry episode, just... Bye, <laughs> necklace. <laughs> he was just saying goodbye to Venger <laughs> in the traditional manner. So, so, uh, what I love though, so the Heartstone kind of tink, skitters across the floor and um, hits Avenger, Avenger's skirt, and he freaks Avenger. out. <laughs> Avenger, it, it changes. It auto corrects on my notes, so I can't help but read it sometimes. So it hits Venger's skirt, and he's like, "Ah, no!" Like the Heartstone, and he's cowering away from it like it was like a poisonous spider. You know what I mean? I've just had the mental image. I want someone to fan out the Avengers no, no the Avengers poster but just Avengers and it's just like five Avengers <laughs> in a circle you just want nice. his head pasted onto <laughs> the regular people's bodies I'm, I'm gonna it's just Loki with one horn isn't it yeah. basically is Avenger Luckily, Hank was at the door when all of this was happening and he actually saw Avenger freaking out and then he just walks calmly away yeah he's, he's not even like, running like madly with like now he knows how yeah to be. My, my note literally just says Hank sees this yeah, <laughs> he does he just, he just watches off. it and then he just closes the door and slowly walks away Shadow Demon picks up the thing and uh, the heartstone and just dumps it down a drain yeah <laughs> like, it's literally like dad dad there's a spider come and get it <laughs> you're talking about autocorrects throughout my entire thing on this uh, my notes have autocorrected heartstone to hearthstone oh my oh, yeah. turns <laughs> into bang <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, mine correct auto corrects into something else. It wants to write wanker every <laughs> time. <laughs> nice. I'm just like I should just your most it. common words. Mm -hmm. I love this that the orcs have MacGyvered a tank 
yeah. that can that can climb trees using giant spikes in its wheels. It's and, amazing. And it also has like a, an articulated bridge thing that it uses to span from one tree to another. And they basically like siege, I guess, like, like the upper tower where the city is. And Presto tries to use his hat to attack them in some way, but it ends up just growing massively in size. And the party quickly figure out that they can use it as a hot air balloon. Where so did they get the, the stove arrived, from? <laughs> all of it and a basket yeah. they, wick, they wicked up a basket well, big enough this is the remains of the vast cloud bear empire well I think the basket we can attribute to all the fruits and nuts they brought out <laughs> earlier bed, yeah which is <laughs> yeah. empty which is yeah 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 true, so yeah. the basket we can explain but the, the tubing and the fucking coal-fired stove that they put in the basket. Where did that shit come from? I think it makes sense that the cloud bears could travel by hot air balloon routinely. Maybe mm. they just had these bits left over. Oh, controversial. They are cloud bears, I guess, so mm. you think they're just in yeah. the clouds. They, they get away, basically, but only yeah. just. like The orcs are like grasping at the, the bottom of it. Yeah, because one just of them shoots the balloon, so it's yeah, kind of... It like a flaming arrow. Yeah, it can't yeah, keep height, so it. it's like just at head height the entire time. Oh yeah, this is it. And they're trying to put Presto's trying to put more wood in the stove yeah. and trying to get it to get altitude. Hank actually comes back and he helps fight the orcs that are just about to grab the basket. And he's like, pull me up. And Sheila's like, why should we pull you up? Basically. Yeah. But, uh, I think I think Diana and Presto are like, okay. And and they basically help him in. Hank immediately just starts ordering people yeah. about about like that's how you deal with things when you're a white man, just so you know, <laughs> in case you're not white, in case you're not privileged. So she he's like uh, Diana javelin the whole clothes. Yeah. So it, it is a bow staff. It's not pointed on either. No. Way, but she manages to get it through and basically stitches up the hole when they start gaining uh, altitude, basically. I should mention there's some there's some of the cloud bears in the, the blimp. I was about to call it a blimp. In the, <laughs> the blimp <laughs> basket, yeah. Them. The dirigible. And, <laughs> and Hank's like grabbing the ropes at the front of the balloon. Like that. I don't know if that's how you steer hot air balloons. But <laughs> I have no idea. I imagine the, the difficulty of pulling ropes that are basically levered against everyone's weight in co- in requires mammoth strength. Again, this is this is very Basil the Great Mouse Detective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when uh, they have the the makeshift hot air balloon on the matchstick with the Union Jack flag, and they're pulling they're pulling the, the the edges of the balloon to try and steer it. So I think maybe okay. that's how you do it. It's like I don't kiting, know. sky kiting. In my head, a hot air balloon is just an unsteerable yeah, mode of transport. Yeah, it, it, just it just goes with the wind. Yeah, yeah it just goes yeah. up, and you're wherever you, just, you I, end I think up. You can, you, can, you can pick different levels of atmosphere yeah. where the wind is blowing in different directions, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you know what it's those a, directions are. It's a rudderless mode of transport. Possibly some kind of map, a 2D yeah. map, preferably <laughs> with a skull fortress on it and yeah. nothing else. <laughs> Super useful for getting about. <laughs> So, the, yeah, he's steering it towards Avengers Castle. He even says so. Sheila, Sheila still doesn't trust him. No. Still, like, even I think this. I'm going to say, and, at this point, though, he, doesn't, he hasn't really done much to try and convince him otherwise. He's just hopped in the balloon and started giving orders. And started like, Go to Avengers. And steering them towards yeah. Avengers. <laughs> no attempt to explain what's gone on yeah. at all. <laughs> but you're right. This is, this is when he finally does use his big boy words <laughs> and yeah. to explain what's going on with Bobby and him and all of it. And and it, all it leads to is Sheila crying yet again. Yes. My my note says, Hank explains, Sheila cries, fuck Hank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Sheila must think she's a... Well, if she's got that kind of self-awareness, she knows she's an actual monster for all of the accusations <laughs> she's throwing without actually asking or attempting to find out. So but maybe she's that's 13, what I was going to say, I don't, again, like, I don't want to excuse her behavior, but she's 13. Yeah. 14 <laughs> at most, you know, like that's there's fair. a lot going on for these kids yeah so the party I mean the party basically make it to Avengers Castle 
They break in, but Venger is lying in wait. Uh, Hank frees Bobby with mm-hmm. like a shot of his phone. It, it somehow Bullshit. breaks all of his uh, like four. He's got like he's pinned down by arms and legs, and one shot beats Hank. Bullshit is thing. what I'm referring to. This is now. Yeah, Bobby <laughs> swings down. Um, Venger comes in and attacks. Uh, at this point, Hank shoots up and he hits like a bunch of window locks. I guess yeah. that are on like Just- shutters on the upper balcony. And they all open and Cloud Bears are there and it's Cla- it's it's Care Bear Stare time. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the Care Bear Stare with the power laser from the chest, they all just wail down like heart stones like onto the floor, right? <laughs> Venture like hates it. He's screaming. It, he, tur- he shatters, shatters into widescribers a million crystals <laughs> that fly off into the, the night. moon. They No, they fly to the moon. They fly off to the moon. <laughs> yeah, they do. Actually, uh, to be fair, I was like, holy shit, they're going to the moon. It looked like they were going to the moon, then they kind of veer off uh, and they kind of like, I guess it just dissipates in a way. I, I was just, um, my note was just, Avengers heading to the moon. <laughs> and then uh, we, we cut cut to after, I guess, and then the bears want to give the party their last heartstone. Like they couldn't have just collected the heartstones from Avengers Castle. Yeah, yeah, they want um, use either like grenades. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> Hank turns it down. It becomes the MacGuffin of Jason Will Warrior's yeah. fame. <laughs> it's where their lead Avenger statue. will never trouble you again. Yeah. Exactly. And Dungeon Master appears as Eric is kind of really putting forth like this heartfelt apology to yep. Hank about calling the traitor. Like he's really opening up. And it's at this point DM appears and he says, oh, there's possibly a way home, but it's in, uh, there's a clue. It's in the land of blue fire and it's only three days journey through the bottomless swamps. <laughs> and Eric's like, fucking hell, like it's getting heavy. But he spots the hot air balloon still attached to the deck and runs over into the basket. Just as he does that, Presto's like, oh, Dungeon Master's gone. I meant to ask him to shrink my hat back down. At which point the balloon collapses that Eric's in and the basket, which was just tied like loosely by a bit of rope to the decking, falls free and he's grabbing on and moving to the edge. Thousands of feet up in the air. Death. Just instant death. Yeah, yeah, instant death. Exactly. And then he's like, give me a hand. And everyone just gives him a round of applause. (laughs) Yes. Somebody even shouts, Eric, woo! as well yeah. or something I'm like, I'm like holy shit fucking sadist bastards <laughs> like my, although I will say that I summed that entire end part up in the words Eric jokes yeah, yeah. it's so harsh though yeah it really harsh. is it's someone like, does throw a rope down but it's literally like the split second before the break <laughs> it's like oh no they did save him after mock like what if he'd have slipped you're there yeah. mocking him I tell what you if what, he'd have fallen to his death to hold yourself up oh, for long I, like you've got a minute max I would yeah, say yeah completely like I had to do uh, I started doing pull-ups he's in armor I started doing pull-ups at the gym the other week for the first time and I managed to get like f- te- like he counted five I'm I say that was generous it was four and falling yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, holding your own body weight for any length of time by your hands, he, like, Eric would have died in yeah, this scenario. Definitely. As they cheered on. Yeah. <laughs> They're just clapping as he falls to his doom. It's like, you assholes. This is why they all immediately believed Hank was a traitor. Because they're, 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 just... they're all irreprehensible <laughs> assholes. Yeah. Well, that brings us on to the final tale for today, kids. Episode 18 Day of the Dungeon Master. Which didn't go how I expected it to, but I was pleased with it. It's, it's over. Oh, like, I will say before we get to it, this has one of the best animated scenes in the scene thus far. Definitely. It's mm. so yeah. fucking badass. You can see this is where Toei were just like, oh no, we're going to hit this one out of the fucking park. It's, it's amazing. But we shall come to this in due course. Anyway, we open up and the team 
as per usual, is running away screaming from something. And in a kind of like crystal desert biome thing, it's, yeah. it's, it's a crystal desert. Eric, it appears, has disturbed some wasp-like monster's nest and they're now they're chasing They're like him. small versions of the one from the episode where they fall down the pit. Yeah. You know, because they're yeah. wasps with the weird end. Mm. Yeah, like and they've got hands. Yeah, maybe they're yeah. Like wasps with opposable digits is a terrifying thought. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> and they get rid of them, press on magic's up a desk fan and just blows <laughs> yeah, them away. A turbo-powered desk I, fan. I would point out. out that in the previous episode, he magics up an electric blanket and was mocked for it not having the ability to plug it in. Yet the desk fan... That works. Maybe it's oh. battery powered. If it is, uh, if nuclear battery. Yeah, it, it's, it's like far battery. Gale. Yeah. DM then appears and Eric addresses him as, hello, my shortness, which made me really <laughs> make me chuckle. <laughs> DM says that, like, there's some back and forth between Eric and DM. If, like, Eric's like, where have you been? What have you been doing? He's like, there are many things that need my attention. And I'm like, yeah, like all the other parties of kids you brought into this world that you're exactly. popping between. But Eric continues to mock DM. And he says something like, oh, you should let me do it. You know, I'd make a better Dungeon Master. And DM's like, I accept. And everyone's like, what? It transpires that the Dungeon Master is going to take a break, a day off, and make Eric the temporary Dungeon Master. This is so Mort from Terry Pratchett's Discworld. <laughs> oh, I've never read any Terry Where Pratchett. Where he takes oh, over. Oh yeah, my god! So he takes over from Death for the de mm -hmm. like Death goes on holiday. <laughs> so he, so he's like he's like Death's apprentice. And he oh, takes brilliant! On the, the job. So Eric does not want this. Dungeon Master no. backs Eric up into a corner and forces this upon him. And he's, he's like, like, he's like, no, this is non-consensual yeah. power transfer. <laughs> Definitely, I uh, like. It's funny as well. Like, just in a real world twist to this. It's almost like when one of your players is like, oh, I really want to run a one shot or something, and then they <laughs> never do. Yeah, because <laughs> they don't actually want to. They think it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of work that goes into being a dungeon master. So much work. So much. So Eric's cornered and backed up by Dungeon Master, who then like zaps him with magic. And Eric glows for a minute, and then he comes back, and he's, his hair is all like he's been electrocuted. But he's wearing Dungeon Master robes. And he looks they missed a trick. I would have loved if they'd have made him like bald. top bald. Like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <Dungeon Master laughs> Scarlet. Yeah. yeah. Just a black a black skull. Yeah. <laughs> He'd have looked like fucking Devin Townsend. <laughs> Which is um, Pickles from Death Clock. That's who De he's modeled on the real life metal uh, singer Devin Townsend from Strapping and Lad. Uh, nice. uh, the progenitor of the skullet. My nickname for Devin Townsend is Warhammer Face. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric's now got a DM Dungeon Master red robe on. He's like, oh, I don't know about this. And he, uh, he clicks his fingers and makes lightning. And is just like really startled by that. The next thing he's like, oh, he's starting to get hang of it. And the next thing he does, he's, he magics up uh, a, a spring of water because he's thirsty. And this is where Dungeon Master comes in and lectures him. He's like, no, all <laughs> things have a balance. If you make water here to quench your thirst, then farmlands on the other side of the planet may become a desert. Like, dude, like Newtonian, the Newtonian laws. Yeah. Fantasy. <laughs> it's like realms. a butterfly flaps its wings. Yeah. Eric asks how he will know what to do. And the Dungeon Master says that he needs to head east and seek the city called Darkhaven that has the golden grimoire. Darkhaven is the most stereotypical fucking Dungeons and Dragons city name <laughs> ever. Castle. And Metal yeah. Castle. And also just made me think of Gloomhaven. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You can't help but, like as a DM as well, you can't help but be generic or yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Go a golden grimoire. 
you know what I mean? As soon as you use the word grimoire, it doesn't matter what you put before or after it. You're going to sound <laughs> yeah. like you're a shit I love that writer. none of these kids seem to know what a grimoire was. No. They're all a bit like, Eric oh, did. Eric, did. Eric, Eric knew because of his dungeon really Presto powers. didn't. He's supposed to be the <laughs> yeah. magician. Yeah. I, I just noted the golden grimoire is GG. <laughs> Good game. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you forgot. So Dungeon Master also says that because he takes away his shield. Eric, she, yeah, Eric's like, what, where, where is my shield? Where is my shield? And Dungeon Master says that on this journey, knowledge be his shield. Are you bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> you can't block an arrow with e equals mc squared. Or maybe you can. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I didn't do physics. The team go to head out and head start heading in a direction. And Eric's kind of like. Sorry, guys, I don't mean to insult you, but you're going the wrong way. East is this way. <laughs> and all the team I, are like, oh, fucking Eric. I know, I love you, it, fuck they, you. They set off so confidently yeah. without a backwards glance. And Eric's like, that's actually that. It's this, this way. way. It's East, and they're all so mad at him. Yeah, they all just start <laughs> slinging shit. They're just like, oh, fucking, this is the worst idea ever. You're going to be a terrible dungeon master. And like, Eric is great in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Shadow Demon is watching. He's lurking as Imagine your job being to lurk on teenage children. Well, I mean, even, well like, welcome to welcome to being children. a Reddit user. <laughs> 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 so we then cut to the team wandering through what is now a nice verdant, like hilly path. They're wandering through the Windows XP background. Yes. <laughs> That's what they're wandering through. Just at night. Or kind of dusky. And the team are wondering about the grimoire and what it is and they decide to ask Eric the new dungeon master and he's like oh well like it, it's it's complicated <laughs> and they're all like oh you know nothing you know nothing Bobby gets really angry at him and he's like prove that you're a dungeon master prove that you've got knowledge and at this point Eric kind of stops and thinks to himself and he realizes this is really important he realizes that he has the power to send them home he just doesn't yeah. know how to use it. Because this is, this is the whole thing of this episode. Like, they've transferred... DMs transferred him the power, but not his knowledge, yeah. really. Yeah. So, how would you know? Like, mm -hmm. power is useless without knowledge. Yeah, completely. My next note is, so DM is a cunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's, He's like, just holding back. Yeah, he is completely holding back on them. So, this is where Bobby asks what a grimoire is, and all the team are like, oh, no, no, no. and Eric's like, explains it to, it's a tome of magical spells and says he, that he thinks that the golden grimoire can tell them how to get home or how, Eric, how to use the power that he has to get them home. Shadow Demon watches. We then cut to Shadow Demon heading to a different Venger castle now. Still what as metal as fuck as all the it's, previous ones. It's a skinny ones. one this yeah, time. This is yeah, like, like a casual residence. This one is very barred. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I think I said this to you when we were watching it. Every kind of location they go to is very distinct. Mm. Like every, you yeah. know, every castle yeah. is a bit different. Every kind of lost Actually, civilization or whatever. Actually, it's or more Dolgudur. Kind of like, it's it's very island. I, I think it might actually be more kind of just Sauron's Tower. It's just, a, yeah. it is a very... It's very spire. spire mm -hmm. uh, what's the word? Yeah. Obelisk. It's very obelisk-like. Mm. Mm. Did you guys spot the statue inside? Yeah, yes. I'm just about to talk to this. This is really, like, scene, I think this is way more important than a lot of other things that happen in this episode. It seems amazing yeah. to me because, well, you explain. We cut into Shadow Demon going to report to Venger and Venger is there in this giant, vast hall just gazing at this, always sees the silhouette of a giant statue that looks like Venger, but has two horns. And they're straighter horns yeah. and more horizontal So, as well. like, I, I was I, like, is this his mum? <laughs> I was, so what well, my thought was, is this the 
the the master that he once served that corrupted him? Is this like his Emperor Palpatine? Oh, I thought it was his mum. Like he, he, that's oh, that's who DM had sex with. Yeah, <laughs> no, Dungeon I was thinking, Master banged some giant well, two horned demon. I, I, I was thinking, like, given all the Star Wars fucking references in this, these guys yes. were obviously well into their Star Wars. So I'm thinking, like, Dungeon Master said that Venger was once good. Is this pure just Venger is Darth Vader, and this is this is the the Emperor Palpatine, the corrupted Venger. So you I two would not put the plagiarism around the past them. You two yeah. thought about this a lot more deeply than I did because I just saw a guy standing in a vast empty hall with nothing but a statue, and all he was doing was staring at that statue. And I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's like shadow demons, like Venger, Venger. I went and, and Venger's like, not now. This is my time to just stare. It was, it was like a three-story high sh- statue. <laughs> my other thought was, is Venger just workshopping what he'd look like with a second horn? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it even had the skirt. It yeah. had the fabulous skirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because my actual thought, once yeah. I got past, I don't know why it made me laugh so much, that he was just like admiring the statue and that was all he was doing. That's, but what is it meant to be you do when you see statues. Is that a statue of Venger in his old helmet? Oh, I see. I thought the other way. It was like, oh, is this what Venger will be like when he's attained true power? He gets his extra horn, like a fairy in its wings <laughs> kind of thing. If you believe in <laughs> Venger, third and final your form. hands. <laughs> this is this is his final Pokemon evolution. Or if he was just kind form. of, um, you know, a bit of interior design, and he was like, "Well, on this wall, I'm going to have, and that will really set off this giant statue that I've got here." If we'd have seen it, the armor would be golden like Freezer's final form. <laughs> <laughs> when he's useless, it's like I don't, you know, this is a bit bit left field here, but I just don't understand dictatorships whatsoever. <laughs> like, why you would possibly want to have giant statues of yourself all throughout the country, or like in some countries I've been to, they have like giant pictures on walls of them, like ten story high pictures of themselves, just so the assassins could be doubly sure they know who to kill. <laughs> yeah, This exactly. is why dictators also need so many fucking body doubles. If I was a dictator, I would make sure no one knew exactly what, no one knew for sure what I looked like. Because every time There's I gave a... great one of um, Saddam Hussein's body double, isn't there? There's yeah. a documentary that he did. It's just amazing. And he looks just like Saddam Hussein. It's like, how do you live after yeah. Saddam? <laughs> what do you do? If I was a dictator, I would send out a different person. Every time I did a public address, I'd send out a different person so no one knew for sure what I looked like. <laughs> I would just go full Max Headroom. Either, either I'd go, go <laughs> full uh, Dr. Claw. Yeah. <laughs> Next just time. Just the back of a chair. So yeah. I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming. That, that, would be, you... that would be a power move. Like every public address on the world stage, you just show the back of a chair. That's a power move. No, half. But is that the statue you'd have everywhere? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, the, just back, the back, of back of a chair. chair. <laughs> and the hands. I'm assuming you have to have a certain degree of kind of malignant narcissism to become a dictator. And that does lend itself to building statues of yourself. I think I've got yeah, that level of narcissism. I just can't get that into that mindset where I'd want to see a giant statue of myself. Well, I mean, anyway. that's a good thing. I can. Mark. I definitely can. I, I, can see, I can see. I can't I can even see look at pictures of myself. I can see giant statues. I've got. I've, I think I could have a Stalin-esque beard if I wanted to. <laughs> but would you ever be as hot as young Stalin? Uh, not Stalin, sorry, Lenin. <laughs> Len, you know, the pointy oh, Lenin beard. Obviously you could be as hot as, as Lenin. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Tangent. Yeah, complete tangent, complete. tangent. Yes, uh, Shadow Demon is reporting to Venture. <laughs> We're still on the Venger seat. <laughs> Shadow Demon is reporting to Venger who's looking longingly at this this statue with two horns. He reports. <laughs> or his I was going to say his Padawan or no Padawan <laughs> is a Jew, his master or his you know self, self. yeah so <laughs> can't stop the holy trinity of <laughs> <laughs> the, mother, the mother the master, the master and the, the self <laughs> 
So Shadow Demon reports that they are that the, the children have gone to Darkhaven in search of the Golden Grimoire, and Menger is like, "Great, they can lead us to it because I want to learn its secrets." We cut to Eric looking off a sheer cliff. He stood at the precipice of a sheer cliff. Like this is really important. This is a sheer-faced cliff. No jutting out, nothing. We see clearly sheer cliff. And he's the team are all like, what way? And then Eric tries to speak in Dungeon Master Riddles, but flubs it. And the, the, the team just boo him. Like, they're booing a stage performance. Like, boo, hiss. And as they do this, a Yeti appears from behind Eric. <laughs> from a sheer cliff. I'm sorry. That's exactly how I imagine Yeti's move. <laughs> It's materialized. Well, if if the, you know, Bigfoot stories are that they can teleport. He is interdimensional. Yeah, yeah. in mysterious ways. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of a joke here between Hank and Bobby because Hank's like, "Hey, Bobby, do you want it?" And like Bobby's like, "No, nah, no, nah, you take it." Like they're saying to themselves, "Oh, we're the only two competent ones in this team." <laughs> and we get some Hank bullshit with his arrow, and he lassoes and ties up the Yeti. Bobby mocks Eric, and Eric's like, "I could have dealt with him." So Hank's like, "I can let him go then if you want." He's like. No, no, Ranger, you acted wisely. <laughs> you try to be the dungeon master. It's, it's quite funny. Benger is watching them all this from overhead on Nightmare. These, this is not the most observant, guys. Like, how do you miss Benger? Nobody looks up. Nobody, Nobody they're like looks dogs. Up. They can't look up. <laughs> but uh, Benger says, oh, well, we'll see how he did, he did, did well, but let's see how he deals with a sorcerer's storm. And he summons this storm cloud spiral from his hand. And it starts to envelop the sky as the party are traveling along. And the party start running and like, oh no, we've got to get out of the storm. We've got to get out of the storm. And as Eric sees the storm, he like, he just knows this is the work of Venger. He's like, this storm was created by Venger. Like, how do you know? He's like, I just do. It's there, bitch. Huh? He does some magic-y ubery doobery, for want of a better word, and or a word. And uh, just, dispels Venger's storm like like it's nothing he really does yeah. just make no no effort out of it or make it seem effortless I should say he does have a few impressive moments like yeah this. he does throughout this throughout the episode Benja is a little bit pissed oh there was also no there was some other fucking hank bullshit in this oh, as they're the trampoline the no, trampoline comes yet. at you a bit, but no, this bit was, as they're running through this storm, a lightning bolt shatters like a stone bridge because it's the thing that happens in 80s cartoons. Stone bridges get destroyed. And Hank shoots an arrow which creates a light bridge that they run across. I was oh, God, I was so... Ridiculous. Like, it's not as bad as egregious as the fucking trampoline. The trampoline I was so excited on the trampoline. Yeah. I forgot about I, the light I hated bridge. it so much. I hate it. I, I, I know I've not missed it because I've got notes. <laughs> I can actually see from here your all caps fuck Hank and his OPBS. <laughs> yeah, because Hank, Hank does that and then Eric magics away the storm and Hank looks at Eric like he's actually surprised that Eric did anything for yes. him. Yes. You know what I mean? He's got goddamn dungeon master powers, Hank. Exactly. Like just, you're not the only one who can have a MacGuffin. So Eric's magics away the storm and Venger is pissed. He says that Yes, he, he has the power, but he has no experience, so the power will do him no good. Venger away. <laughs> and he, he just sets off to Darkhaven to go and find the Golden Grimoire. And we cut to the team walking through some like kind of cliffy area. It's, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's all just, it's all sheer cliffs. The bit in Lord of the Rings where 
Frodo and Sam are being led by Golem through Golem through the through the rocky area, and they stop and have taters just before they get into the swamp. It's that basically. It's lots of sheer bits of jotting out stone that they have to navigate around. Anyway, they come to a, another cliff for Edge, and they're like, "Oh, we don't know where we're going." So Eric, talking of Lord of the Rings, Eric sum- summons the eagles from Middle Earth. He does a Gandalf, <laughs> and but they're kind of like mega chickens. Yeah. In they, a way well, as well. they're kind of hawkish. I think, yeah, but with chicken, colors. chicken hawk, but not chicken an hawk. actual chicken yeah. hawk, a hawk chicken. Yes, the team, the team are kind of a bit like, oh, what have you done? Like they, they naysay it. They're like, oh, this is shit, and then they realize, oh no, this is a fucking giant bird that we can fly. Like, they this all really awful. loved the trilogy of Lord of the Rings and all the walking. <laughs> they didn't, want yeah, the to take them the whole way. Yeah, they set off on on eagle battle, chicken hawk back. But as they're flying through the through, through the air, a red dragon attacks. Which, as we know, it's not Golden Dragon from earlier episodes. It's a bad dragon because Golden Dragons are the good dragons. And we get what I call now D&D Top Gun. <laughs> which yes. is the red dragon. And, and the weirdest plan B I've ever heard of. Uh, yes. So the dragon is attacking the bird and the bird's doing its best like top gunning around. Evasive maneuvers. Evasive maneuvers, yeah. It's letting off some chaff and whatnot. And <laughs> Presto just goes abandoned bird and they jump off a bird in midair like no parachutes no parachutes just anything just hundreds and hundreds like probably thousands of feet above ground and they're just like fuck it jump you deserve to die at this point that the bird is wasn't even in trouble it was doing pretty well yeah. for itself. <laughs> like this was idiocy beyond idiocy but anyway as they're falling calling on Eric to save them but he, you know, he's, he's just got this power. He can't, like, you're putting <laughs> him on a lot of parachute, right? So Presto manages to magic up a parachute for all of them. It's like a giant shared parachute, but it misses Eric. Eric doesn't get to grab it, and he's just falling to his death. And Hank shoots some arrows to the ground, which form a kind of trampoline. Eric lands. You can't even say that. It forms a dome. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like a light a bones that is, a, is a trampoline yeah. somehow. I, t- I hated this yeah. so much. As as Naomi rightly <laughs> rightly pointed out, my note in block caps just says "fuck Hank" and his OPBS. <laughs> I've, I've decided from watching these episodes that the way these arrows work is they just manifest whatever Hank has in his mind. They're just they're green lantern arrows. arrows. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for the laser card ver- the laser card <laughs> arrow time. Slice something in half. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. magical laser card. But anyway, the dece- the team decide that actually no, yeah, Frodo and Sam had the right idea and they walk. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to the nighttime and the team are starting to bitch at Eric, like, oh, what if we missed Darkhaven? What if we took a wrong turn? What if we're lost? And they took they just like come over the precipice of a hill onto a cliff edge and they're just like stop and gawp in awe because Darkhaven is in front of them. And it is the most metal as city to date. It really is. This could have been on the cover of any 80s metal album. Yes. Totally. For some some reason, it's perfectly framed by a dark orange Orange moon moon, in the background, which is just, it's like Bat Out of Hell. It's meatloafy. It's it's kind of like on an inverted pyramid as well. Mm -hmm. So it kind of narrows at the bottom where you see these massive doors with a giant canyon leading up to them and then the the actual city itself is just metal castle with giant dragon o- statue over the top and just it's everything so is spiky I, and jotty and yeah in my notes i described it as a mega mega church city dedicated to venger yeah that's very <laughs> it I'm is very mega surprised church. this isn't 
Avenger property. It looks yeah, like I know. Like yeah, who's yeah. snapping up though? He's, he he's needs on to the talk to his real estate agent because they've not shown him this. This is an ideal <laughs> yeah. Avenger. Their team head in, head to go to head in to Dark Haven, and they come to the the giant doors, the, gl- the just like glowing light. And Bobby's like, "All right, I guess I'll knock and do my thing." And Eric, talking a bit more like Dungeon Master now, is like, "No, barbarian, these doors cannot be broken down." And does some magical uber jubri and opens up the doors for them. Diana then says he sounds just like Dungeon Master and Herrick's like, don't insult me. <laughs> <laughs> Snap. And we then cut to Venger who is just crashing around inside the city, racing, trying to find the Golden Grimoire. It's just like, oh. all of a sudden there's a minaret. Do you notice? He basically yeah. busts in through a minaret, which I, yeah. I we saw from the outside. I just want to say, I think it's at this point that Shadow Demon kind of asks them where they're going to find the Grimoire and Venture replies, it will be in the book sanctuary. I'm just like, babe, that's a library. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, but, the word like, you we've want. Got to, we've got to get to the book sanctuary before the kids. <laughs> what? Book sanctuary is like that's a much more that's a much that's a better name than yeah library, it's, it's a more high fantasy name yeah definitely the book sanctuary I of mean, Dark Haven I would love to I would I would have a book sanctuary card over a library card any day <laughs> it's like where you go going to my local rescue books you rescue books and you bring them to recovery <laughs> yeah so we then cut back to the team who are just in like the typical hallway room of doors lots of. It, the room that they end up in my, what was going through my head is. Look at my balls. Look at them shine. Look at them shine. <laughs> it's like the mirror world. It's like a four by four room with like doors on every every side. And yeah. Eric goes to open one door and there's a roar. And he's like, oh, not that way. Then Hank opens another door. He's like, oh yeah, that is the way. And Eric heads through and shuts the door behind him and traps his dungeon master cloak in the door. They open the door. Like the other team open the door for him. I think it's Diana. And he, got, he stumbled, like Eric falls and... Uh, falls into like a suit of armor. At which point Diana says, he's no Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, uh, Second time. Uh, yeah, my note is, Star Wars! We then cut to Venger, who is looking fabulous, but very lost. <laughs> he's just, he is now charging around aimlessly through the city. Just looking for the just book kicking sanctuary. down doors being like, this isn't the book sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there no signposts in this fucking city? Yeah. So Venger decides that Fuck this. I'm not going to run around like a nutter. I'm just going to follow the children. They will... How? How? Oh, he's going to find the children? Yeah, yeah he's got to find them it's so hard to, find to go to book. the child sanctuary. And <laughs> <laughs> so, Venger points out that Eric is wearing Dungeon Master's robe and he, he suspects that Eric might have Dungeon Master's knowledge, which... Which he it, doesn't. He, well, I don't know. I think some of it's starting to seep through. Like, he knew how mm. to deal with the doors. He knew how to deal with the storm. So it's like, I think the longer he has the power, the more the knowledge kind of is assimilating into his Well, I brain. guess it's like one of his powers is sort of like omniscience anyway. So mm. he is he's not like learning what Dungeon Master knew. He's learning everything because yeah. Dungeon Master I imagine is omniscient. It's kind of similar. Like, I imagine it's like, you know, in The Matrix when he learns Kung Fu and they just load it into him. That's what's happening is the <laughs> yeah. program's but being loaded. But it's like got a really slow bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like 36 kbps. Yeah, because yeah, it's 80s. So we get the team getting on a raft in the city. There's like a river. It's like, it's like a gondola yeah, gargoyle it, table thing. It's, it's like an upturned golden table. Yeah. It's got four kind of curvy legs. Way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the appropriate number of legs for something sexy to have. <laughs> yeah, they all get on this. Why is there a river in the middle of the city in this underground, like in this building? 
It's it implied like, it was really high up a mountain yeah, or something as well. What is going sense. on? Anyway, they're they're traveling along this river, and as they're going, Eric's just firing off arrows to light the way, like his flare arrow, or as I call it, hang bow, flare, and rope shenanigans. It's multi-tool. He's got yeah. a Swiss Army bow. <laughs> so as they're heading down this river, tentacles come up and grab the raft, and we get another Eric kind of prescient moment where he just magics away the tentacles. It's just like, oh, no, nope, they're not an issue. Then the next thing, Eric causes water to spurt up and raise the table gondola that they're on through a hole in the ceiling slash floor. And <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe the room that they walk into, which uh, <laughs> we assume is the book sanctuary, because you know what you need <laughs> in your sinister. book. Sinister would be a good star. <laughs> you know what you need in your book, Sandry? Giant fire and fire. epic, <laughs> and epic <laughs> dragon motifs. <laughs> like, Definitely. Like, to be honest, if I, you know, money was no object and I could design a book sanctuary for myself, I'd have dragons in there. <laughs> but would you put just one book in it? Yeah. And a giant... <laughs> Imagine how well, long there, it would there, take there, to there get are some, books. There are bookshelves around the edge of the room, but this book, very much, the Golden Grimoire, very much takes centre yeah. center stage. And they like, love a ziggurat in this, yeah. actually, as well, because it's sort of up a bunch of stairs yeah. and everything. In the background shadow looming, there is the silhouette of what could only be a giant dragon statue. We just never see it clearly. Mm. They enter in and Eric heads up to the Golden Grimoire and he thinks he's, he's basically found the spell to send them home and he immediately just starts talking in tongues effectively. And he does. He opens a portal for them to the home. To the home? The home. The home. <laughs> <laughs> the old people's home. The person's sanctuary. Here that long. <laughs> and yeah, we see... We see, <laughs> we see the... Uh, we see the fairground. And this is like the most concrete portal they've had to date. It's very stable. Yeah, it's really stable and it's a perfect rectangle. <laughs> it is the opening credits, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> the still from the opening credits. <laughs> yes, it, it very into, much is. Into it. It, it. it almost looks like a TV. Yeah. Maybe they're just... He's not mad. What he's done is he's broke the fourth wall with this magic and they're actually just watching <laughs> an episode. I love, I love how they're starting to just give less shits about uni now because... You know, it's the same thing, isn't it? Bobby's like, what about uni? And he's like, oh, my power is going to protect uni when we're gone. For that, Eric actually says she can't survive in their world. Yeah, yeah. So there is no dark. way that yeah. he could... But Bobby has gone from being like, I can't leave without uni, to being like, I'll leave uni in this abandoned city. Yeah. Whatever. He's very prepared to go at this he point. He does really want to go home now. I mean, uni cries. Uni is crying. It, it actually tugged at my heartstrings, and my heartstrings are fucking made of stone. Yeah, a little goodbye hug, didn't Yeah. They? But it's not to be for Venger makes his entrance. And oh, we missed. They did have to put their weapons down as well before going through the portal. Yes, Eric says that they can't take their weapons with them. So they just put them on the floor meters away from the portal. It's just like, oh, you know, we'll leave these for the next people that come across them. I'm sure they'll be fine. <laughs> I'd take it anyway. Even if I got home and I had a non-magic shield, it'd be quite a good memento. Of yeah, I think you want something, it, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Venger blasts down the door and just before they have chance to leave. And he comes and he's like, no, 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 and shoots some magic at the portal, which I thought instantly closed it, but it, it turns out it didn't. It, it's yeah. just starting to close it. Because the next scene is Eric urging the team to go through the portal and he will stay behind and hold off Venger. Hank's like, "How? why? No, you can't do this. How can you do this? He's like, I have to do this. I'm Dungeon Master. It's like he's assuming the role and he's getting big bollocks. 
he's a, a better dungeon master than dungeon master. If if you look at yeah. dungeon master's job in this cartoon, Debatable. should be to help these kids. Totally debatable because if you were playing this Dungeons and Dragons game and the DM was like, "Oh, I've got a superhero character that I'm going to put in and save you," you'd <laughs> yeah. be proper yeah, pissed. I suppose so, yeah. yeah, but in terms of like doing the altruistic thing for this bunch of teenagers that you kidnapped, yeah. <laughs> which yeah, we'll, we'll come on to as well. Eric urges the party to go through the portal, and he turns back to take on Venger. <laughs> Venger is not amused by this. <laughs> no. <laughs> Venger just like he throws him around like a ragdoll. <laughs> Venger says, "This is like he's like this is the dumbest thing you will have ever done, Cavalier," and starts just blasting him. While the team use this opportunity of Eric being fucking dismantled by Venger to go for the weapons, <laughs> <laughs> and Diane manages to dodge some shots and grabs the weapons and starts hooning them back to everyone. Like Bobby gets his bow back and smashes the floor which kind of destabilizes Venger a bit yeah but Eric's being a hero he's oh like yeah completely. Venger trying to distract him as well Venger is shooting the shit out of Eric whose magic has kind of crapped out on him at this point because at, th- at various points he's tried to use Dungeon Master's magic and it's just not responded and this is another one such point Venger goes to attack the team after they've retrieved their weapons, but Eric kind of grabs his attention. He's like, no, you're dealing with me kind of thing. And this is where Benja turns around. He's like, right, well, I'm going to kill you now, basically. <laughs> I will end you. Yeah. <laughs> At which point, Eric sees the Golden Grimoire on the floor, on the floor and he hears Dungeon Master's voice uh, or re- remembers Dungeon Master saying, knowledge will be your shield. Literally. This was a, like, take it literally. So he, he grabs the <laughs> Golden Grimoire and uses it as his shield. As I did just... not expect this. <laughs> I thought he was going to use a spell or something yeah. from the book. Like his act yeah. might use actual knowledge, but no. No, no, he just uses the book as a shield and then just shoots it and then goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> the book just explodes. Yeah, and it's, that is the last time, the, the last thing we see Avenger is Avenger going, ah! And then Shadow Demon is like, ah, Shadow Demon out. He just leaves. Eric then is like, we need to go. This entire place is going to explode. Like, Love it. You have built your entire massive city based on if this one book gets damaged, our entire city explodes. You can see where they put it in a sanctuary. That's yeah. And also why nobody lives in the city. Yeah, it's like we've made some fundamental design choice errors <laughs> when yeah, architecting the city now. <laughs> when architecting the city, we went wrong. <laughs> it's time to relocate. Anyway, Eric says they've got to get out because it's going to blow. And looking quite badass at this point, Eric steps out in front of the team and uses some magic to kind of envelop them in like a twister. Uh, like wind twister. Uh, my name actually says a wind a twister. A whirlwind. <laughs> a yeah. wind we do call those whirlwind. Wind <laughs> do you mean a fan? <laughs> I just, I couldn't, my, when I was writing the note, I, I was, food was just arriving and I couldn't think of the word. I was just like, fuck it, wind twister. <laughs> <laughs> I trumped my way through that, that <laughs> description. Yeah, he, he, he envelops them in this whirlwind and deposits them on a cliff overlooking the city. The reason I didn't put whirlwind is because in my head I was going whirlpool, but no, that's water. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the city explodes. And when I said at the beginning, the the best scene, the best animated scene in this show thus far happens, this is it. We get such a detailed, like the city exploding and rubble collapsing. And it it looks very anime. It almost looks like it came from a different show. 
Yeah, well, like it's 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 epic, but also totally different from any anime yeah. style we've seen up to this point. And as as is the way with an explosion when Venger is around, <laughs> the cloud inevitably forms into a giant Venger form, but it's way more substantial than any of the others up until this yeah. time. In fact, it's very reminiscent of Unicron at the end of Transformers when he's in his kind of robot form and like, but yeah, it makes a very solid, very well-defined, really well-drawn Venger cloud that just comes to them and stops in front of them as they're on this cliff overlooking the now crater where the city yeah. used to be. It's, it's so good because he's like bearing down on them with yeah. his hands and everything and then he fades away. It's, it's, yeah. it's amazing and it's so detailed. Like It's the best Vengers. It's the most fabulous yeah. Vengers ever looked. <laughs> By, they spashed some budget on it, definitely. Yeah. It is just, uh, like, if you don't watch any dungeon, just watch this scene. It's so cool. I would love to see a montage of all the... Venger mushroom clouds. Because it's, <laughs> it's a running... If you put Venger in an explosion, he just turns into the explosion and comes <laughs> back to... Like, Venger is it's a badass. great superpower to have. Yeah. <laughs> DM appears... And he says, Eric Eric did well. And Eric's like, how did I do well? I completely flubbed everything. He's like, you were willing to risk your life for your friends. And he's like... Not something that the dungeon master ever does. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm like, how is that the benchmark of a good dungeon master? Surely a benchmark of a good dungeon master is in this in this world is, oh, I sent you on a wild goose chase. I caused you lots of distress and I wasn't clear about shit. <laughs> and I edgelorded the way home for yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's quite funny because Eric's like, ah, I did, didn't I? I must be crazy. And Uni's like, like Uni's agreeing with him at every point. (laughs) DM then tells Eric that once you've been touched by power, you are never quite the same again. (laughs) Sounds like Catholicism to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Eric clicks his fingers. He's like, maybe you should start giving me some more respect. And clicks his fingers and it starts raining on him. So he's got some latent magical power we're led to infer. (laughs) Or it, it is inferred. We're led to invert. That's a piss ball sentence. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> it's, it's fine if you want to leave it in. But yes, I'll that, allow it. Yeah. <laughs> DM wink. DM winks. Yeah. D- like, uh, mm-hmm. Smug fucking wink. Smug bastard. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely I liked the third episode. Yeah, a lot. Best of the three. Yeah. And that bit of animation at the end. So good. Like, yeah. So, so good. Top, yeah. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, like they they are just going like, oh yeah, but what if we just ripped off Star Wars? Yeah. What if we just rip off Star? I'm, I'm Adam. And- that that if it ever was going to be paid off, this would have been that statue would have been Dungeon Master's uh, Dungeon Venger, Dungeon Venger Master, Dungeon Venger, <laughs> Dungeon Venger, Dungeon Venger. That would have been Venger's master. I really yeah. think it was meant to be Venger. I think he was just remodeling that place because there's nothing else in there. And given the, the size of that statue, it was going horn, up. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe it's just a different helmet because we know it's, it's a helmet. helmet. It is a helmet. It's not a helmet. We no. said in an early episode it's a helmet. No, you said that. No, I said somebody in the cartoon said it was a helmet. The cow. No, no, they didn't. Yeah, Actually, no, they yeah, did. They that, did. Was, that was like Presto or something, but that's like misunderstanding what it looks like. <laughs> it's not a helmet. It's definitely part of this. <laughs> it could be a different hat with an, a, you know, a, a decoration. I don't know. But yeah, I think it's just Venger and that's just, he's remodeling that particular resonance. Fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just given the the Star Wars ripping off. I'm, I'm adamant that they just continue to rip off Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it seems, it seems like it was the style at the time. I was about to say, I guess we'll find out, but I don't think we will. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, if in the on-air pilot thing that we're going to review at the end, if that turns out to be like Return of the Jedi, then we know we were right. <laughs> 
if Venger gets a redemption arc. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's not impossible. Get, fall in love with Diana. Oh, <laughs> if, Venger, if Venger is the one that sends them home in the end. Oh, <laughs> yes, definitely. Like, it's like know, the ultimate, that's the ultimate way to piss off Dungeon Master. Mm. Also, surely it's the ultimate way to help himself. Yeah. Because yeah, these kids true. are a thorn in his side. If he sends them yeah. home, they're not his problem anymore. Mm. Why weapons is he do- don't kill people. Kids with weapons kill people. <laughs> Apes with guns kill people. Arm the children. Arm, arm the children. Mm-hmm. But yes, that has been another three episodes of D&D. Again, I, I urge you all, I'm going to put a link to it on the main where our main website, the subpage for all the D&D episodes, I'm going to put a link to the video game on there because I do urge anyone so listening to this to check it out. If you like your old kind of old school kind of golden axe, streets of rage, uh, side scrolling yeah. brawler, this this it's great. And if you like this cartoon as well, it's absolutely great. It plays really well. It's really well like the pixel art is really cool, really nice. Uh, yeah, strong strong recommend. I it is basically golden axe with the D&D characters. Yeah, but even the bit part characters come into it, which is yeah. great. Some serious well, yeah, like, yeah, like uh, what was the War Duke or whatever he was called? Yeah, yeah, he's and the a... uh, the failure knight dude from really. <laughs> oh God, on. yeah, I forgot about him. Oh, the fat, fat, fat Sir Philip or whatever his name mm. was. Oh yeah, yeah, I was thinking the guy from the prison, Ulysses dude. <laughs> he wasn't a failure. Ulysses one. He was yeah, no, prisoner. he wasn't. The the hawk guy with the hammer. Yes. Hawk guy with the hammer. That's that's how he'll be known. Anyway. Hope you guys have enjoyed the show. We'll be back again next week. We're getting, we're, we're starting to get into the back half of this now. Mm. Only a few more episodes, like a few more episodes of this 27 show. Twenty-seven episodes, weirdly, right? Yeah. In total. Well, one of them run. is the unaired pile, the unaired finale thing in that playlist. Nah. So twenty-six of Looking actual episodes, but yeah, definitely. So until next week, we shall love you and leave you. Stay safe out there, adventurers, and find your way home.